I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey, it's me, Anita Flores number one craniac. It's been a while. I hope you've all been well. I'm super excited for you to hear today's episode of I'm Listening with a Very Special Guest. This episode has actually been four years in the making, if you can believe it. Uh, you're just going to have to wait to hear the interview about how an email exchange in 2017 led to an interview in 2022. By the way, is anyone else excited uh, to check out the series on HBO Max about Julia Childs? It's called Julia, and there are not one but two cast members from the show Frasier that are in it. Uh, David Hyde Pierce is playing Julia Childs' husband, and B.B. Newworth is in it as well. So I think I'm going to be checking it out. This is not sponsored content. I'm just, you know, trying to alert other Frasier fans of anything I see that involves cast members uh, that I'm excited about. Also, do you have any ideas for my podcast? Do you have any topics that you want to hear about? Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Anita Jutina. 
And if you want to hear more of my voice, uh, I'd love if you checked out my other podcast, which is called Care Talkers. It explores the world of caretaking. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview with comedian Emily Heller. Welcome to I'm Listening, the Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Each episode, we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, we have comedian and host of the podcast, Baby Geniuses, with us. She also has a comedy album out now called Pasta. Please welcome Emily Heller to the podcast. Emily, how are you? Hi, I'm very happy to be here. I feel like I also should have mentioned, like, I a TV writer now too. I'm in, I'm more in the Frasier world than I used to be. I just don't have anything to plug because nothing's come out recently. I knew this about you, but I thought <laughs> I'm taking it by what she wants to plug. But I, I did know that you were a TV writer. And so we have TV writer, Emily Heller with us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, I think it's very important to mention that as I was starting this podcast in 2018, it is now 2022. Emily, you are one of the first people that I emailed asking you to be on my podcast because I saw at some point or another, that's how I end up reaching out to people. If you're talking about Frasier online, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to you. Right. And I did email you. Can I, can I read what you said or would you rather I not? Go ahead. I am ashamed of nothing in my it's, life. <laughs> it's just so earnest. So Four years go by, and then I get an email <laughs> from Emily that says, Anita, I wanted to apologize for never getting back to you about this. You wrote me at a particularly busy and also disorganized time in my life, and I've always regretted not making this happen. I hope you're well. And I thought, what? And also, listeners, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that right now I am kind of doing episodes sporadically. Um, and that's the beauty of this podcast, because one, one, once I got your email, Emily, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to record an episode. Fuck yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, so this is four years uh, in the making. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Emily has actually introduced, I think, the real uh, sort of structure of how today's episode is going to go. I'm very excited. Before we get into today's subject, I do, I must ask you, what is your history with Frasier? When did yes. you start watching it, et cetera? So as we were talking about like what we were going to talk about on this episode, I just like, I had such a hard time narrowing down what I wanted to talk about, which is why I ended up bringing you something that is so structured, which we will get to. But like, <laughs> so I think I might be as big of a Frasier fan as you. I'm <gasps> not totally sure. So I've watched it. I don't know, dozens and dozens of times. Like mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. a Frasier sleeper for a while and then I watched it a ton of times and then I started talking about it on stage. So I have like a Frasier joke on both of my albums. And all right, you do you beat me. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> and it's it's become the type of thing where like I talk about it so much that people know that I'm like a Frasier person and as a result, Frasier things just have been coming into my life. So one of the things is like, I, I own a chair that used to belong to David Hyde Pierce, <gasps> um, <laughs> which it's like, I only know that because like someone told someone like he, he lived in a house and then he left the chair there. And then the person who moved in, moved in with someone else who I know who found out I love Frasier. And they were like, do you want this chair that was owned by David Hyde Pierce? So I, I, I have that. I also. Amazing 
one of my earlier jobs in television was I worked on this multicam sitcom with Suzanne Martin, Chris Marshall, and Sam Johnston, who were all writers on Frasier um, at various points. And at that point, I was like already like a Frasier maniac. And like I would ask them <laughs> a ton of questions about it. And I heard a ton of stories from them. Chris Marshall was sweet enough to give me a souvenir from the Frasier 11th season, like Christmas parties. So I have a pin from him. I should show it to you. <gasps> then I feel like there's another Frasier thing that I have. Oh, well, the other thing is I know Perry Gilpin now. Well. Who, who she's been on the podcast, right? That's true. Isn't she the best? Okay. She is uh, very, very nice. Also, I have to bring up, uh, Joe Keenan was also on, on this podcast. Yes. He was a very nice person. Tell me about that relationship because we were chatting about things yes. we might talk about today and you were talking about how you got some recommendations on literature. From Joe Keenan. So, mm -hmm. yes. So I think just because like I have that connection to those other Frasier writers and to Perry now follows me online like we're online friends. We've met in person one time. She <gasps> took me out for lunch. It was wonderful. Oh I gave her a bathing suit with her face on it. <gasps> and it says Emily Heller fan club on it. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Basically, oh my gosh, yeah. I've gotten Oh my god. <laughs> move to Hollywood, your dreams will come true. Um wow. but I have like just interacted with Joe Keenan on Twitter. I've never met him in person, but I've obviously like heard stories about him from, you know, I know that he was the farceur at Frasier. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I recently was just like, I really want to learn how to write farce. It's like a type of comedy that I don't think I'm that good at writing yet. And it's something that I really wanted to learn. And so I just DM'd Joe Keenan. And I was like, do you recommend any books about writing farce that I could read? Um, and he was like, I never read any books about how to do it. I just read a bunch of farces. And he recommended I read some P.G. Woodhouse. Mm -hmm, who, if you mm -hmm. aren't familiar with P.G. Woodhouse, he was this writer, he was like a British writer who wrote a lot at like the first half of the 20th century. And I don't know how to describe his work aside from saying it's like extremely Frasier. -y. <laughs> it's like he wrote all of the Jeeves and Wooster stories and he wrote all of the Blandings Castle stories. Basically, all of his books are about rich, like lazy aristocrats <laughs> in England and New York who are living off of like inheritances and their only concerns are like trying to help their friends marry the people that they shouldn't be with or that like basically it's all very low stakes very status obsessed very mm. farcical very silly and just extremely Frasier-y. Like reading, and I, I started reading some of these stories and I was like, this is Frasier. Like Frasier is based on these books, basically. Like they did so many stories on Frasier that are just straight out of Woodhouse. Like they didn't like rip off the plot lines, but like all of the like, oh, I need to get into this club. I'm obsessed with that. Or like, oh, there's like star-crossed lovers and I'm going to scheme to like help them get together. Like all of that stuff is in Woodhouse. So if you love Frasier, I strongly recommend reading Woodhouse. I don't know if it has helped me write, learn how to write farce, <laughs> but maybe it will eventually. But one of the things that Joe Keenan told me when he was recommending that was like the most important thing is like, you just have to give your characters like a really strong desire or need for something of like, 
it has to be so important to them that they get this thing that they'll do anything for it, basically. Let me see if I can actually find the conversation because it was just on Twitter. <laughs> we can act it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that I, too, met and and that's how he came to be a guest on this podcast, uh, Mr. Joe Keenan, on Twitter. So sometimes Twitter is magical. And I think, oh, that's also how Rachel Bloom was on this podcast. That was also on Twitter. So sometimes Twitter can be for good. Just just saying it out loud. So I also know that because it can also be a scary place. Okay, so you're looking you're looking for that conversation. I found it. I found it. Here's what he said. He said, the most important thing in farce and the hardest is to keep them logical. Everything that springs from an initial misunderstanding, as in Frazier's The Matchmaker, The Ski Lodge, or a deception, Mm. as in Out With Dad or The Two Mrs. Cranes, is inevitable. And at no point does a character do anything they wouldn't naturally do in each new circumstance. A lot of the short Fraser farces are about innocent social or face-saving lies made in situations the characters think will be over momentarily. The situation gets unexpectedly prolonged and the characters are stuck with the lie and new lies spring up. I Anyway, I maybe I very badly misquoted him. Oh, but he did say something has to matter desperately to the characters or the behavior feels less funny because it's pointless. Anyway, so... I initially was like, maybe we should talk about Woodhouse, but then I haven't read it. You haven't read it. So it's fine. (laughs) Folks, I have not finished a book. I'm not even going to tell you, Emily. I haven't finished a book in a long time. However, (laughs) I would like to read one of these books now uh, because I can tell you that I am guilty at this point, especially trying to concentrate on a book. Often now I end up reading a book because I saw Something it you know that the book was based on in a television show or a film, right? So and there uh, and have I been there have been Woodhouse adaptations. So you could just oh. watch you could watch the Landings, which is a British TV show. There's a Jeeves and Wooster TV show, which I haven't watched yet, but it's supposedly good. But also, I just listened to the audiobooks. I don't know if that makes it easier for you. The last audio book I listened to was actually Kelsey Grammer's autobiography, which I have obviously done an episode about. It. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you'll have to go back and listen to, Emily. Oh. I mean, we've covered we've covered a lot. I've got to. Li- I've listened to a few episodes. I've not listened to that one. <laughs> I'm honored. He's one of the people that I haven't met yet. Like I've met Jane Leaves, Ooh, um, oh my God. because uh, on that TV show that I worked on, Suzanne Martin was the creator of the show that I worked on, and she's also the creator of Hot in Cleveland, and she worked on Frasier, oh. and so we had Jane Leaves come and be a guest star on that. So I'm like inching my way towards like every member of the cast in a way. Not to get completely off uh, track, but you did mention this gift that you gave to Perry. So what would you give uh, Jane if you could give her a gift? Oh, or should you not say because it should be a surprise because she's listening? I'm sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) So the Perry thing came about because I had made myself a bathing suit that had the cast Mm. of Frasier on it, among other things. And Perry saw it and said she wanted one. And I was like, I'm going to make you one just for you. And I did like a photo collage. And so it's whatever, whatever Jane wants, I will give her. How about that? <laughs> um, are you, do you have a store where you're selling any of these creations? Or? <laughs> no. I mean, Emily, I don't know if you're aware, but there are a number of uh, 
Frasier uh, fan groups. <laughs> uh, I am in one on Facebook. I know oh. I'm still on Facebook, but what a community, Emily. I'm telling oh my you, gosh. tens of tens of thousands of people. Are you in which which Facebook one are you in? Okay, so I'm in two. I'm in one that I would say is a more of a traditional fan club, which is called Frasier Fan Club. <laughs> and then and then the other one's called Frasier Shit Posting. I'm in Frasier Shit Posting, and it can be a little much. <laughs> it can get intense. I have realized now. Ha- so I'm like, oh, I can't, I shouldn't tell you the number of people, but it's got almost 20,000 wow. members. Yeah. It's a very positive space. Um, <laughs> so I would say if there was too much positivity that you were bringing to Fraser Ship Posting, come on over to <laughs> Fraser Fan Club. Uh, they would love to have you. Uh, wow. There's just, I mean, I'm overwhelmed. There's just too many things to talk about. I will say one more thing about my relationship with yes. Fraser, which is I am Go married on. now and I have made my w- husband watch Fraser a bunch of times. Like I put it on before bed. He hadn't watched it before. And now he quotes it more than I do because he just retains better than I do just in general. And so as a result of that, he will say like, his favorite lines from Frasier are all from very minor characters, which is why I think we settled mm. on this subject. We decided to talk about Frasier minor characters today, in part because my husband's obsession with certain characters and certain lines that they will say. Like, I got him a cameo from the kid who gets in a prank war with um, Gertrude Moon in the oh Montana. <laughs> and there's a part where she's in. Cafe Nervosa and he tricks her into buying a bunch of like pastries for him by pretending that he's her grandson and he says thanks for the treats grandma <laughs> and I got him a cameo from that guy and I made him say thanks for the treats grandma <laughs> I love how specific that is um it's interesting that you mentioned your husband watched it my my fiance obviously ends up watching it because of me. He hasn't quoted it yet. And it's funny because he really likes to show the uh, the Amazing Race. And I wanted to get him a cameo from Phil, the host. Number one, cameos very expensive from him. Number two, he was like booked up or something. And then I ended up telling John uh, about this. And he said, next time you spend money on a thing, I don't want a cameo. <laughs> So I like that you you obviously know you know your husband well, in that he would appreciate something so very specific. (laughs) I mean, what's funny is because that that child is now a man. When he first started watching the cameo, my husband was like watching, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I don't know who this is." And I was like, "Just keep watching; he will reveal himself to you." (laughs) No. Okay, again, we're going to get back on track, but yes, hold on a second. You, uh, your BFFs with Perry. Perry, hi. <laughs> I, I hope you're listening. Um, what The bathing suit sounds incredible. I love saying nice things about people behind their backs. You know, <laughs> there's nothing too. wrong with it. You know who else was really nice? Perry was great. Trevor Einhorn was also on this <gasps> podcast. Oh, and he wow. was so nice. What a just nice, kind person. He was great. That's just what I wanted to tell you. What an interesting career that man has had. I've got Mm -hmm. to listen to that episode because I have so many questions about his time on Frasier. Yeah. And now he's on a show called The Magicians. I'm obsessed with people that were on more than one I mean, I know technically it's not a network show. I think it's on sci-fi, but I'm I'm going to call it a network show. But I'm I'm definitely very obsessed with people who land more than one. You're David Boreanaz, for example. You've got Buffy. You've got Angel. You've got Fra- <laughs> I almost said Frasier. You've got Bones. Bones. Allison Hannigan. I'm going off on a on a tangent. Um, but yes, he's very nice. Yeah, I'm also fascinated. I'm fascinated by 
people who have been actors their entire lives who are like nice and seem normal because that's just so rare. I know. And he was a child actor and he just seems like he has such a good head on his shoulders. I, <laughs> I hope he's listening. You're great, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> and here's my dream person that I, I don't know if there's somebody that you haven't met or no, it sounds like you haven't you haven't met everyone, but soon enough, you're you're in Hollywood. I haven't met everyone. I've my met dream is to meet David Hyde Pierce, who I know does live in New York. Although I know he does, you know, he does plays and, you know, he might travel around. But yeah, that's who I'd, that's, yeah. I just get strong leave me alone vibes from him. And I respect that. I respect it too. And it's interesting because he's not on social media. However, I did an episode of this podcast where I talked to people that met some of the cast in various different ways. <laughs> and one person who I spoke to was, is a gym, like a trainer. And so sh that's how she met David Hyde Pierce at the gym. And she did say he was very nice. Oh, I've heard nothing but good things. I just think he lives his, he just lives his right. life in a way where he's like, I am limiting. I have a, I have a big respect <laughs> for that. And if he's never on this podcast, yes. I'm okay with that. But I have faith <laughs> that we'll at least meet. I don't know how, Emily, but somehow. We're going to make it happen. I'm we're, we're I'm one degree away from him and I can make we can make it happen. OK, so we are here to talk about uh, minor Fraser characters. However, as we began having this discussion um, back and forth in an email thread, it was. But there's so many ways to go about this because there's so many different kinds of minor characters. So should we just talk about the characters who weren't seen on screen? Should we just talk about all of the Cheers mm -hmm. cameos? Should we talk about all of Frasier's enemies? Because I've like recently was rewatching the first episode where they talk about Derek Mann, the columnist who hates mm -hmm. him. And I was like, I wish they had kept that guy going more than they did. He's only in two episodes and he's off screen, but he's voiced by Joe Montana, um, which I think is really interesting. That's a good voice cameo so many it's good voice cameo but it's like oh, i wish they had just showed <laughs> anyway what i suggested was that we do a march madness style bracket to rank all of the fraser minor characters and i put something together and I want to hear who you think needs to be on here. My little rules for myself in putting this together was I limited it to people who were at least appeared in or mentioned in two mm -hmm. episodes. And I did not. And toward that, I did not count Don Juan in Hell Part 2 because that's where a bunch of his exes come back. But I because that's in Frasier's memory, I don't count that as a separate. Instance. I'm OK with that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, maybe I'll wait to share or should I? Can I mention an honorable mention that was only in one episode? Yes, of course. I think we should get the honorable mentions out now. You can look at who I put on the bracket. I want to hear everyone who's not on this bracket, who you think we should oh, be talking okay. about. So uh, the one person that, because I, I was doing my own thing. I was just making lists of people that I liked and not even thinking of all these incredible <laughs> uh, categories. But I really liked uh, season eight uh, episode uh, with Ferguson, the butler, played by Victor Garber. Oh, yes. For me, I think the reason I liked him so much uh, is because... The more I watched that episode as I got older over the years, and I speak as a person who's never had a butler, so what the fuck do I know? But in my <laughs> mind, if you have a butler, I'm picturing a certain kind of home, maybe a pretty big house, you know, a place you'd need a butler. And he's a butler for Frasier in what I think is a three-bedroom apartment. And he really, you know, 
treats his job with dignity and and in a way that you know doesn't make it seem like he's you know thinking about the fact that he's being a butler for Fraser in his three bedroom <laughs> apartment, which I think about a lot. So yes, I'm a fan. Uh, I even wrote down my favorite line for him, which is when he's sending Martin off yes. to see the Sonics play. I don't know. Yeah, and he says, "And your finger, sir." talking about his foam finger and then hands him a meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> so that's my only honorable mention that I can think of. And I want to say that episode, I would pinpoint as one of being the most PG Woodhousey mm. episodes because PG Woodhouse wrote like a million stories about this butler named Jeeves. The butler of Jeeves, <laughs> I think was originated by PG wow. Woodhouse. Like that's who Ask Jeeves must be named after. And his whole thing is like, he solves everyone's problems. Um, but he does it in a really like roundabout silly way. Um, so if you like that episode, I think you'll like Woodhouse. I'm hooked. Anyway. I'm going, I'm going to read the one that you told me about <laughs> in an email that I thought had a funny name. Right ho Jeeves. That's it. That's probably what I'm going to read. Yeah. Cause I could picture, a crane saying that yes okay i'm gonna screen share with you my bracket as i'm gonna be filling it in so the way that i did this a lot of people know like a lot of times march madness brackets or things like that it's like it'll it'll have like the four regions of the country and they'll square off against each other and then those people will go in elimination rounds against each other so i did my best at trying to organize this based on different categories but some of them are a little bit more miscellaneous so mm. like the first category like the first eight the first four matchups are all kacl people mm, okay and then in the other half of that left hand bracket i have Two matchups that are all Frazier's ex-lovers or spurned lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, So that in that one, we have BB Glazer versus Ann Hodges and then Claire and Lana. And then in the other half of that bracket, we have people who never appear on screen. And that is Maris, Derek Mann, Yoshi the Gardener, and Grammy (laughs) Moon. (laughs) And then upper right hand... That half of the bracket I have, so at first it was going to be people who live in Elliott Bay Towers, but then I decided to make it half Elliott Bay Towers, which is Cam Winston versus Regan Shaw, and then Frazier's Enemies. It's a mostly short Frazier's Enemies matchup because then it's Sherry Dempsey and Kirby. Okay. And then the other half of that one is people that make Daphne's life harder. (laughs) Which is Gertrude Moon versus Simon Moon, and then Donnie Douglas versus Mel Karnofsky. And then the bottom, the last four matchups are all what I'm calling ancient history. They're people from Frasier's past. So we have four of the Cheers cameos on Frasier. Pretty much everyone who got their own standalone episode cameos, because a lot of the Cheers cameos were all in that Mm. one episode in that later Mm -hmm. season. Um, So we have Sam and Diane, Woody and Lilith. And Lilith obviously has been in many more Mm -hmm. episodes than that. And then from his more distant past, we have Dr. Tewksbury versus Nanny G. Ronnie Lawrence versus Freddie. So we can just d- dive into it. I have no idea how long this is going to take, but we can d- we can go fast or slow. We can feel it out. And I want you to. And so we're ranking them based on like, do do you want to do this based on like who's a better character or a better person? Oh my! God. I think better better character. Probably, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Better character is more fun. I think. 
Yeah. Better character is more fun. Okay. And so, again, I left out anyone who was only in one episode. Mm. Can I throw in one? Yes. Who Who do you feel like is missing from this? <sighs> All right. Buckle up for this. I think Baby the Cockatoo is a, <laughs> is a character. And, yes. and not in just one, but two, I would say, for sure, Baby of my cockatoo. favorite episodes ever, including Taps of the Montana and To Kill a Talking Bird. Yes. Okay. This is great. Okay. I'm going to sacrifice one of the matchups in the KACL side of the bracket Mm. to do Baby the Cockatoo (laughs) versus the Wine Club in general. Because I think that that was another one that was like on the bubble for me. And I think they're both related to like status anxiety for Niles. And so I think that that's a good matchup. Okay. Sounds great. So first matchup, Gil Chesterton versus Noel Shemsky. Who do you think should win? Okay. I 100% Gil for sure. 100% Gil. I have got to agree with you. Romping with his school chums in the fens and spinnies. That's what I wrote down for uh, one of my favorite (laughs) quotes from him. Uh, Additionally, the episode where Frasier has an erotic dream about him is also high up there for for Gil. Also, I just, um, not as a person, but just as a character, I enjoy that he tries everything he can to suck up to station managers. Yes. And, you know, I think his first episode was when he was trying to basically steal Frasier's time slot when he was sick. (laughs) Yeah, and he brings him the soup that he says, so healing even the chicken gets well. That's right. And, you know, I'm also a fan of Noel. I would say what's great about Noel is that he is a bit cringe. I, I think British people say that, or maybe I heard that on a show or something. But I think sometimes it's um, it's a bit much for me. He, cr- he crosses a line. I mm. like the many-breasted queen of Rosniak, yeah. Rosalinda. Rosalinda. I, like, I yeah. give him credit for bringing attention to the fact that that actually is Roz's name. It's short for Rosalinda. That makes no sense to me. And the whole thing about him teaching Fraser Klingon instead of Krish Krish. Hebrew is, yeah, very, very funny. But you cannot beat Kilt Hesterton if you're Noel Shemsky. I just don't. I think you've just coined, by the way, another term I like on this podcast. First, when Josh Gondelman was on this podcast, the first time I heard the word craniac was from Josh Gondelman. <laughs> but what I'm thinking about that you said is a Fraser sleeper. I don't think I've ever oh, heard yes. that like as lingo. And I, instantly knew what you meant because of course i've fallen asleep to fraser so so many times <laughs> i did not coin that i think it's a subreddit oh okay. it's a subreddit called fraser sleepers where they talk about <gasps> oh all God. of the different reasons why it's so good to sleep to like oh, it's all it warm tone there's rain sounds in a lot of episodes like I'm writing down fraser sleepers and i've said this before but i'm telling you which is my therapist told me it's not good to watch tv before bed and i was like what about fraser and she said that's okay so <laughs> it's low stakes. I love, that. I love that. It's low stakes. Okay. Next in the KACL matchup, we have two station managers, mm. Kenny Daly versus Kate Costas. Oh boy. Well, obviously Kate could have been in the expert lovers <laughs> category, but I figured it keep her in KACL. I will. I would say Kate. I, I she's a, she's a, firecracker i i really i'm a fan i was also a fan of that relationship 
Yeah. I mean, Mercedes Rule is an incredible actor. It's also incredibly rare on any network sitcom, but also this one, to have the female actor to be older than the male actor she's playing across. And Mercedes Rule is older than um, Kelsey Grammer, which I thought was interesting. I didn't I know. Do, wow. I do love Kenny Daly <laughs> for a number of reasons, but I will go with you on this one. I'm going to say Kate Costas as well. Uh, much love to Kenny. But yes, Kate, uh, I didn't know that. That's a fun fact for me. I didn't know she was older and I love to see it. Love to see it. Who's next? Kate Wilcox versus Poppy Delafield. Now, one thing I have to admit to you, and I think that is what probably is, will 100% makes you a bigger fan. Okay, I'm admitting it. I uh, definitely fall into a category if there's a subreddit uh, a name for this of people that tends to watch season one through seven more. Oh, so you can't, you skip the Kate Wilcox. I mean, I've seen it all, just not as many times. So if you can yes. refresh my memory on Kate Wilcox. Kate Wilcox is played by Felicity Hoffman. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, now I know. It's very weird watching her now when you're like, you're in jail. <laughs> you cheated to get your kid into college. <laughs> That's, yeah, maybe I should go back and just see how it makes me feel to watch uh, that episode. See how it makes you feel. I hate her <laughs> as a character <laughs> i hate her as a character i also hate poppy though so i don't know how to feel about this i would say wow this is tough I i'm going with poppy just because i feel like poppy at least i feel like they gave us plenty of very specific reasons why we wouldn't like her yes and you know what i i feel like poppy left me wanting more because in that episode where the miscommunication fucks up Niles's potential romance with Poppy, I left feeling very unsatisfied because they liked each other and it mm. got screwed up for no good reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More of Poppy. Also, great name, <laughs> Poppy. Great names on Frasier. I, this is something I would like to do. I just haven't had the time. But there's been so many names on the show mentioned, like dates, high society people that we never meet, that I, the names are great. The only person I can think of right now is a, is a name that was mentioned on that show Laura Paris, I want to say, but there's like a lot of mm -hmm. names like Poppy Delafield to me feels like one of these names that where it's like, where did this come from? Or Cam Winston is another example. Cam a Winston. We'll, we'll get to you, yes, Cam. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Moving on. Baby the Cockatoo versus the Wine Club in aggregate. Oh my God, this is really hard. In fact, do you know what your answer is? Because I, I think I might have to think about it. <laughs> I'm a little torn. I will say I'm a little partial to the wine club because one year um, my husband dressed up as Corkmaster for Halloween. <gasps> oh my God. My dream. Which is really just a suit, but I made him the little like Corkmaster medallion thing. Um, I love it. I wish I we had run into each other. Uh, could this have been the same Halloween? I was Niles for Halloween and I was specifically Niles from, I guess, Taps of the Montana. And I got like, you know, a plush. You had baby? Yeah, I had a plush cockatoo on my head. <laughs> Many years before this, I was Marty. And I bought myself an Eddie and I had a wig and I had the cane. See, you committed because I made my then roommate 
slash friend go as Martin. And I appreciate her putting in any effort, given that she never watched the show. But it was, you know, it was like a flannel shirt and some jeans that were very, you know, that was a- fit, you know, uh, flattering to her butt. And, you know, good for her. I-, I hope she got some phone numbers. I convinced my friend who had never seen it to go as Daphne. And I was like, you just dress 90s. It's fine. <laughs> That's really it, I think. Okay, so you chose, did you say the wine club or no, you're, you're thinking about it? Uh, so, well, I'm partial to the wine club, but I I love Baby the Cockatoo as well. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's like a very, very slight wine club. Let me just, I wrote down um, my favorite Baby the Cockatoo lines, which are Carol's a lush and Stephanie's horny, <laughs> which really put, you know, push the plot forward. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about baby. Oh, but you, but really I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to put it against the wine club. And so I can't believe it. I'm going with the wine club. Wow. There's just so okay. many great plots and conversations yes. around and the song. Wine, the master of the, yes. Yes. Master he of the knows, he, he knows, knows which ones goes with one, fish or, or pork. pork. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Feels good to talk to another craniac. <laughs> I want to say Chris Marshall said that he wrote and Sam wrote that song, but I, I can confirm. Um, okay, next matchup, and this is a tough one. Maybe not that tough, but I do think these are like, as if people who understand how brackets work, this is like a high-seated round. <laughs> BB Gla- Glazer versus Ann Hodges. Oh, and... And so Ann, Ann Hodges, if you are another person who hasn't watched the later seasons as much, she was played by Julia Sweeney. I do she remember and her. Frazier went on a date. She was supposed to be his slump buster. And then later on, he she ended up injuring herself in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she he has to take care of her because she's litigious. Well, I definitely know my answer because I think I might know who my favorite minor character is. Am I allowed to say during this bracket or You're not? You're allowed to say. Definitely. Before we, you know, we make it to the end of this bracket, for sure one of my favorites is B.B. Glazer. She's the top seed for me, too. She's the number one seed. She's the one to beat. She wins for me. Um, I remember also Harriet Harris. I posted the smoking monologue uh, to my Twitter one year and, you know, said, like, happy birthday to her or something. And she she (laughs) subtweeted me, and I was just absolutely (laughs) shocked and blown away by that. And also Harriet Harris. She subtweeted you? Or, you know, she, like, uh, if I'm... She responded. She, like retweeted what i said with like a little comment like oh she quote tweeted that's what i okay meant. that's very different than subtweeting subtweeting's when's like i hate oh. people who do this thing <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay thank you for teaching me these fucking bitches who wish me a happy birthday can all go die i'm not saying who <laughs> uh, no harriet harris was very nice uh and bb glazer okay so uh, and also i wanted to mention what i love about bb uh, as a character in this world is I think she's a very good agent. You know, she definitely uh, says something to Fraser like, I can't be a good person and and a good agent. And and the, <laughs> the things that she's done are really... I, are shocking. I think my favorite is probably uh, when she pretended that she was going to jump off of a building. That was great. That was incredible. Uh, I mean, the one where he's trying to get her to quit smoking is an incredible, is an incredible episode two i also wanted to bring up because one of the other things we mentioned we might talk about that i wanted to talk about is like how unseattle the tv show frasier is mm. how it's like 
it's set in Seattle during the 90s, and they just never talk about grunge. Nirvana doesn't come up once. <laughs> like, they talk about Starbucks a little bit, but that's basically it. Other than that, they're pretty much on the East Coast. Everyone has a mid-Atlantic accent. They're all <laughs> extremely old money. Like, occasionally they mention Bill Gates, but it's very much not set in Seattle in any real way. And BB Glazer is a good example of them just being like, we're just going to talk about Hollywood. Mm. When we have BB on, when we do the CBs, it's all just about the TV industry, about the entertainment industry. And it's such an interesting thing that they got away with doing there, which I, they're just talking about what LA agents are like. Like a Seattle <laughs> talent agent is not a thing that exists. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I didn't think about it until you just said it. Like, you know, I, I, I've definitely spoken about what is it, tr the transatlantic accent, at least in the case of Frazier. But she also has a very particular way of speaking that I've now yes, just... Uh, she's got she's got the mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah. It's like... A bit of a... Frazier dog. Yeah, a little bit of a, ca <laughs> a Catherine Hepburn vine, like a, a yes. teeny tiny amount. Okay, what's right. next on our list or on our bracket? Next, it's... Okay, and we have to figure out how we want to decide this. So it's Claire versus Lana. Mm. And we could decide this either based on who's a better character or who he should have chosen <gasps> when he was in the love triangle. Wow. Because I think it's a different answer. Wow. So Claire was the one who was played by, what's her name? Patricia Clarkson. Patricia Clarkson. Yes. And then, of course, Lana, first Lorna Langley, and then they changed it to Lana Langley, I think, <laughs> because there was a clearance issue. Oh. Um, is played by Jean Smart, who. Emmy Award winning. One of the Emmy actress. Award winning, one of the best actors of all time. You know, incredible performance on this show. Uh, but Claire, I was always, I skip the episodes where he chooses Lana over Claire because it makes me too mad. Wow. It's like one of the only, I skip that one and the Dr. Mary ones, and that's it. Oh. <laughs> I've I've also skipped Dr. Miriam. And again, to plug my own podcast to you, I've gotten definitely into detail. I have an I have an episode of the podcast called Worst Characters on Frasier. Or oh, and, yeah. uh, I had a comedian Abby Crutchfield on and we did talk about talk about how there's just a couple episodes that are just too racist to rewatch. Mm -hmm. The Seal Who Came to Dinner is one where I'm like, the main farce storyline is so good, but then the subplot is just so racist that I can't watch it. Well, okay. So where? Okay, so now we. So there's two different questions here. We're talking about Claire versus Lana. Who he should have ended up with versus who's a better character. So I would say for better character, I got. I'm going with Lana. She's just. I don't know. She's. Is she? She sometimes she gets mad. Sometimes she's charming. Uh, she 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 kissed Frazier and and while she was smoking a cigarette. I mean, I, it's it's hard to talk about <laughs> for me. And then. The other question was She's who so who should yeah. he have ended up with? Uh, I would say Claire. Yeah. I'm still mad he didn't end up with Claire. But we can say, so who do we think should win? I think maybe Lana should win. Uh, yeah, I'm team Lana for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, so now we're moving into the part of the bracket, which is people who ne never made a physical appearance. And it is Maris versus Derek Mann. <laughs> I like that I feel like Derek Mann has made a strong impression on you. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely a deep cut character, but I, I also know that he's not going to beat Maris. Mm, no, definitely not. You can't. Yeah. Which we talked to. Uh, uh, did you ever, you ever talk to, um, or no, this isn't new information, but when Gondel, when Josh was on, 
he has a lovely wife named Maris. And that yes. was what an exciting moment that was. And now I follow her and she's an amazing writer. And and her name just happens to be Maris. I know. It's so it it's one of those things where she could not be more different yeah. than the <laughs> fictional Maris. That sometimes I forget that it's the same name. Like I hear Maris, the person I know's name, <laughs> and I just it doesn't compute to me that it's the same name as Maris Crane. I gotta go with Maris on this. Just I mean, she she's just I I think it's very good that we never ever see her it just makes her yes. more legendary and they and also because you never see her you get to say all kinds of crazy things like did that coat rack just move and it's her she's the coat rack she's thin i love it she's pale i love it <laughs> oh, she's she's everything you want you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Okay. Yoshi the Gardener versus Grammy Moon. Uh, I think I'm, for me, it's Grammy Moon. I would say that comes from, I just liked hearing Daphne say Grammy Moon. I also feel like um, Jane Leaves' accent changed a little bit, like from very early. And I, I don't know all the right words for what kind of British accents people have. But I definitely remember hearing Grammy Moon very early on. The Grammy Moon. Grammy Moon. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. That was Scottish. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would choose Gra- uh, Grammy Moon. I, I kind of want to meet her just hearing about yes. her so many times. She was definitely a legend. And I want to say honorable mention. He is not on this bracket. But Harry Moon, played by Brian Cox of Succession, played Daphne's dad. Oh, my He was in just enough episodes to qualify for this bracket, but I didn't put him in here. That's shocking. Um, I didn't even make the connection. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very different character, but very funny to me. He was very good in it. Um, okay, we've we're done with the left side of the bracket. Moving on to the right side of the bracket. Cam Winston versus Regan Shaw, the Battle of Elliott Bay Towers. Mm. So Regan Shaw is who, this woman who lives down the hall from Fraser, who he just could never get it together with. Mm-hmm. Many misunderstandings. I definitely remember. And then her. Cam Winston is his enemy. Yes. <laughs> Do you have an answer? I, I would just like. I'm just <laughs> starting to type in Cam Winston because I love Cam Winston. Yeah. I think Cam Winston is a great character. And I agree. he's my pick for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fraser. I mean, I think the reason why I was like Derek thinking about Derek Mann is like I love the people who are Fraser's enemies. Mm. I think that's anyone who makes him feel bad makes me feel good. <laughs> oh, I think we remember Mr. Tony Shalhoub. Oh yeah. That was yeah, it's definitely or you're making me think about when people don't like Fraser or whatever, he gets like obsessed, like when he breaks up with the lawyer who dated like famous men like George Clooney. Oh, yes. Sam. Sam, And he's like obsessed with finding out why she dumped him. The Luis Guzman character who's like the parking attendant who won't let him leave without paying and who just flusters him more than anyone else. That's one of the best episodes too. He was only in one episode, so he is not qualified for the bracket. I like, yeah, Cam Winston. I'm voting for Cam Winston. Uh, I'm with you. And I also, I'd say one thing that I find fun, funny about Cam is that he is, you know, Fraser's uh, arch nemesis or one of, uh, he's very handsome. And I, very I have handsome. to assume that that also really bothers Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, I love the episode where he gets a spa invitation that was meant for Cam Winston <laughs> and he and Niles go and uh, Niles, they don't know what Cam Winston look like, looks like, but Niles does the Cam Winston voice where he's like, hello, I'm Cam Winston. <laughs> Cam Winston. That was me being uh, Frasier yes. when he sounds like Don, Don Pardo when he says uh, Cam Winston. Cam Winston. <laughs> he says it the same way he says, I am wounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my gosh okay next matchup sherry dempsey versus kirby Ooh, this is a good one this one is yes. actually hard for me to answer do you already know for in your case i'm not sure so we can talk through it so sherry dempsey is a very crass love interest of martin's mm-hmm. she's been married a million times she dresses like may west i feel like they've made references to may west about her maybe she's incredibly flamboyant mm. fraser and niles hate her they mention a this is another thing that i talked to joe keenan about because mm. they mention a limerick that she tells about a someone <laughs> with the fortuitous name of Horatio. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> and I asked Joe Keenan to tell me, like, had you thought of what that limerick might be? Um, and he came up with one for me, oh, which was... Go on, please. A man named Horatio Tate had a penis the length of a crate. <laughs> So when seeking fellatio, lucky Horatio didn't require a date. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I didn't think about how you could rhyme. uh, And and wow. Very, I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) I came up with one myself as well. Do you want to share? Yeah. There once was a man named Horatio. 
he had a big balls to dick ratio (laughs) to fondle his dinger. You just need a finger or a gap in your teeth for fellatio. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) And then Kirby is Lana's son, who's like California accent. Once again, very not Seattle. Curly hair. He's a pain in the ass. The only episode I really like. I mean, he it's. Kirby is a fun antagonist. I like when he um, pits Frazier and Niles against each other to for a tour of um, Grampy Mulda Hill's wine cellar. <laughs> Just like such a MacGuffin. Um, but I would say I think I would go with Sherry. I will say this about Kirby, which I didn't expect. As I have told you, I am a bit of a season one to seven fan. But I have gone yes. back and, and rewatched uh eight through eleven kirby has grown on me because he is i would describe him as a bit of a doofus yes yeah he definitely was goofy in a way that i grew to like uh after rewatches however i have to give it to sherry um (laughs) who i feel has been at the center I, i feel like i might also i tend to pick my favorite characters here based on specific episodes and scenes and plots that I tie them to. And I remember she was in one of my favorite, many, one of my many favorite episodes where Frazier sets up three dates at his apartment yes. and Sherry oh, keeps God. showing up and messing them up. And yeah. what a great, yeah, just a, a she's great a great foil in that episode. Yeah. And then she also plays emotional very well. Cause that's the episode where she and Martin are like breaking up and He's like freaking out about the fact that he told her he loved her. It's really sweet. And I also like the I just love a character on a TV show who's like, I don't want to get married. And like they know it and they mean it and they don't go back on it. And like Mm. because very often that's just a plot device to get them to the marriage that they're going to end the season with. And I think that there needs to be more representation of people who actually are like, Actually, you don't have to get married for your life to be happy. Ooh, and I liked that about her. A Sherry spinoff. That could have been fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will say <laughs> the actress who played Sherry has had um, guest, guest starring roles on um, Grace and Frankie, if you miss oh, her. Oh, okay. That's a show I yeah. must watch. Uh, one of many he- that I need to get into. I'm overwhelmed by how much television there is. All right. Next matchup. Gertrude Moon versus Simon Moon. Gertrude, Gertrude as in mom. Daphne's mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus Simon Moon. Ugh. I, I think I think it might be Gertrude, which I... I think so, too. I fucking hate Simon. Yeah. He's so annoying. I didn't expect it, but then I just remembered, like, when, you know, she shows up at the wedding rehearsal and all the crazy stuff that comes out of her mouth, and it really yeah. matched up to all the things that... Um, Daphne that says. Daphne said about yeah. her. And she basically joins the cast in like the later seasons and she has some really funny moments where like when Roz doesn't like Julia, Gertrude like pretend like gets on the phone and pretends to be someone who's like dating Fraser and she giggles <laughs> and like basically like tries to fuck up the romance as a joke. And then she's working at Cafe Nervosa and Julia comes in and she goes, hello. And she's like, <laughs> say that again. And she goes, hello. <laughs> I just love when she, she gets in trouble. I think she's fun. And also 
Whenever Simon comes on screen, it makes my husband go into his Simon accent and I can't stand it. <laughs> yes, all, uh, which for me, uh, I find it fun uh, that that actor, Anthony LaPaglia, is, was also on Criminal Minds, I believe. And he's not at all British in any way. <laughs> no, no, he isn't. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, yes. Gertrude wins. I, I will yeah. say my favorite, my favorite Simon Moon line is like when Roz says something's like something like "I need a date, I'm desperate," and he goes, "Someone singing my favorite song, singing me me favorite song." Yeah. Where is he? Is he Australian? I feel like he might be. Anthony Lapaglia. I think he's just American. Oh yeah. Although his yeah. name sounds. I'm right. His name's Italian. He's Australian. He is. I just looked him up. Oh shit! He was born. Okay. In, All right. He was born in Adelaide, Australia, and according to his Wikipedia, is an Australian actor. And I apologize. Right. Not tr- Criminal Minds. He's best known for his role as Jack Malone in Without a Trace, which <laughs> I'd say similar plot points. But um, tomato, tomato. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next matchup: Donnie Douglas versus Mel Karnofsky. Uh, Mel, for sure. Mel, oh, you think Mel, oh, Mel. She is such a good, like, especially in season eight, where I've told you I sometimes drop off. She, that was like yes. she was part of my like early on, like the first few episodes where she's like so angry, and I think uh, she goes to to meet Niles at the coffee shop, and she's like, I told myself I wasn't going to cry, and then she like bangs her hand down and her croissant goes <laughs> flying up and then Fraser catches it. Yeah, she gets really kind of yeah. scary and cruel and um, I thought that was good character work. <laughs> She's, yes, I think Mel's a better character. I think both of those actors are top tier though. Mm. I think Saul Rubinek is a top tier actor and I think that that allowed him to get away with being slightly miscast in that role because he's so good. I do like him. I think I've always, and I'm sure this probably was intentional but it was hard for me to like wrap my brain around them as a couple to be completely exactly honest. Yeah, yeah yeah i think they were supposed to cast like a kind of like a jockey sort of like mm. alpha male type yeah and like yeah, yeah. i think they they just got like saul rubinek he just must have had such a good audition yeah i mean he's great you know i, I really i really like him but i gotta give it to mel yeah okay i i can i can get with that <laughs> all right I my one thing about Mel is like when Niles and Daphne finally get together, Fraser says something like he's gone so far from the dark days of Maris and Mel, mm. and I felt like that was an unfair comparison because she's nowhere near as bad as Maris to mm. Niles. She's bad to him, but Maris was bad to Niles when they were supposedly happy. Mel was only horrible to Niles once they broke up. So th- I felt like that was unfair. Anyway. I just, that's my axe to grind. Is it possible he said that because was that after the wine club incident where uh, she convinced Niles to uh, run for corkmaster? See, I would argue that that mm. was not bad. Mm. I think she was just supporting him. I didn't think that that was as manipulative as Frazier did. He just lost out right. because that's of that. What, exactly. I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. He, he yeah. said that at, long after they had broken up. Mm. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh. Um, all right. Now we're into the um, ancient history section. Mm -hmm. So we have Sam versus Diane. Sam Malone versus Diane Chambers. Here's what I'm going to say. I think I am basing my vote based on whose cameo made more sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say Diane. 
In Diane's cameo episode, she's putting up a play at a theater in Seattle, and she and Fraser end up working out their issues. In Sam's, he's just like running away from his problems in Boston, and his fiance flies out to Seattle to talk things out with him instead of him going back to Boston to talk about it. And it all just feels like such a contrivance. Mm. It, f- it felt more contrived. That's what I'll say. Now, uh, before answering, I'm I'm curious, which uh, I can't believe I didn't ask you before. Have you watched Cheers? I've watched Cheers, not as much as Frasier, but I've watched it quite a bit. Yes. I did a Frasier versus Cheers episode. Oh, interesting. I mean, I love comparing who Frasier was on Cheers versus who he is on Frasier. And he's like such a hateful person on Cheers compared to who he is on Frasier. It's so different. Well, I can tell you that I did try and watch, oh, Kevin Secchia, who is a TV writer um, yes. who loves Cheers. I had him on and we um, we talked Frasier versus Cheers. But if I'm being completely honest, I was never a Cheers person and I did try and get into it. And I can tell you from the pilot that I was, I was annoyed by the character Sam. Just Interesting. Kind of, I don't know the, the vibe I was getting from him that he was like God's gift and stuff. and Because he's like a creep. I mean, he definitely has a sexually transmitted infection oh, sh- that he is carelessly transmitting to others. So for me, answering who who am I, who's the winner here? It's based solely on these episodes that they were in on Frasier. Yes. And for me, I have to give it to Diane. All right. I yeah. mean, I know that Sam's character is dealing with all his whatever issues, but um, I guess uh, what I like about Diane is just how far she takes it, you know, like. Yes, she has much more of an arc. Like we find out more about like Sam came on when it was only a few months after Cheers had ended and he was already supposed to be marrying someone else, which I was just like, that's just wild. Whereas Diane had been through like ups and downs. It had been many, many years since we'd seen her. They really had stuff to work out, and there's good twists in the episode. I like it. I like that episode more, I think. Yeah, when she's laughing, and then it it turns into crying. Yes. (laughs) The face twitch. Yeah, I was, um, I'm I'm giving it to her. All right. Next matchup, Woody versus Lilith. You know, Woody is such a sweetheart. I'll say that. Uh, but if I'm talking about who has continuously entertained me over the years, yeah, I would, I would go Lilith. You gotta go Lilith. I mean, he also had a really good, like, sort of entrance or what was it? He ended up calling into the show, which I thought was cute. I thought that was funny. He called into the show, but the rest of the episode was so avoidable. Mm. The whole thing is like, they're just hanging out too much and they're both bored of each other and neither one of them is saying it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm excruciated watching this. <laughs> so you're saying it, it could have taken it in a different direction, sounds like. Yeah, I just felt like it wasn't enough story for an episode, whereas I felt like the Lilith episodes are just, I mean, it's almost not a show without her. It's incredible. I mean, I, uh, w- what did I rewatch recently? Or probably my favorite is when it's like season one, I think, or season two, Frasier's dating someone named Madeline, and then Oh, yes. And then uh, Lilith comes over just to tell him that she's getting married and scares Madeline away, ends up taking her seat. And then Fraser thinks it's uh, Madeline and it ends up being Lilith. And her tight bun, her tight bun to yes. me, I also feel like what a great character detail. <laughs> I also really like the way she dresses. Like, she's an excellent character. She wears a trench coat really well. 
<laughs> I love to when she sleeps with Niles. Oh. That's a great episode. Oh, it would you call that <laughs> farcical? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Still food in the bathroom. Um. <laughs> and one and one thing about farce also, I think it's great that you're trying to better yourself because I mean you're an you're a writer. I'm not. And so for me, I, like I've I've talked about like farce and how especially in this show it almost feels like mathematical equation right that's why i assumed there would be a book about yeah. it i was like just tell me what to plug into the formula <laughs> but the formula is just like people have to want things really bad and there has to be some kind of misunderstanding or deception and then everything that follows has to be but yeah it's tricky okay next matchup dr tewksbury versus nanny g Here's what I will say in defense of Dr. Tewksbury. Or de- or maybe th- is this a defense or is this an argument against? And <laughs> I'm not saying that this is who I'm voting for. I just want to know want you to know that one of the most quoted Fraser lines in our household is pizza, we're going to have pizza, which is a Dr. <laughs> Tewksbury line when he's at Roz's house and they just fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, see, I, it's interesting cuz I watched Star Star Trek Deep Space 9 and that's you know, it's interesting. I kind of go back and forth between <laughs> seeing him and seeing Dr. Tewksbury. But then Nanny G. Nanny G. So, yeah. okay. She Laurie is, Metcalf. I'm, like bending, I'm bending the rules a little bit because she's technically only in one episode, but she was in Cheers and she played by Emma Thompson in Cheers. And so oh. they mentioned her in, and she was in Don Juan and Health Part 2, which I, again, I'm not counting, but she is canonical, I think, in a way that um, other one-episode characters are not. I'm going Nanny G. Uh, I do remember, how could I forget? I think I have also done an episode about what I have found to be the kind of strangest or most high-concept episodes. <laughs> uh, and the one with Nanny G, um, with Frasier dressed as a baby on stage. That's high up there for me. It's high up there. It's such a good episode. I mean, didn't you also do an episode about like the horniest Frasier episodes? And that has got to be like... Sex in Seattle. Yes. yes it's <laughs> it's one of the horniest <laughs> Frasier episodes of all time for sure. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Okay. Final matchup before we go to our, our I think, semifinal or quarterfinal rounds. <laughs> Ronnie Lawrence versus Freddie Crane. Now... Let me just double check. It's kind of crazy. I had to look up t- uh, Dr. Tewksbury, which was shocking. But it's, oh, Ronnie, yes. But again, this this makes more sense that you haven't watched, you don't watch past season seven as often as I do. I always go start to finish. I never skip. Well, now I remember that's Ronnie, played by Wendy Malick. Wendy Malick, um, the excellent Wendy Malick. And so I'm, I'm probably biased. I, I'm, I'm a Freddie fan. You're gonna go Freddie, you think? <laughs> I think I'm going Freddie. Maybe because maybe because I met Trevor. Because you met so Trevor nice. and he's so nice. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I will say, like, Ronnie's wearing a terrible wig the entire time she's on the show and it's never addressed. So I'll go Freddie with you. I do think I think Wendy Malik is incredible, but I also think Goth Freddie is a fantastic episode. And just a historic meme at this point. Uh, also, <laughs> yes. this isn't Wendy Malik's fault. She's amazing. I definitely spent a lot of time watching Just Shoot Me as I didn't have cable growing up. So, you know, that's why Just Shoot Me and Frasier, I think those were all, was that part of Mussy's TV at one point? Just It was, it had to be. The Thursday lineup. She's great. But I think it also always bothered me just that what he, he was the, she was the babysitter. Yeah. I think that always kind of 
It cre- yeah, it's a creepy thing. Creep it's a creepy thing. It creeped me out too. As yeah. a former babysitter that was never sexually attracted to any of the dads, <laughs> it's just like a weird thing to think it's about. It's a weird conceit to base a romance on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now we're doing some elimination rounds. Okay. Wow. Okay. Gil Chesterton versus Kate Costas. And oh, we can go, go faster now because we've gone yeah. through our, the reasoning. I'm going uh, Gil. I'm going Gil too. Gil Chesterton. You are advancing to the next next round. Okay, Poppy Delafield versus the Wine Club. Wine Club. Wine Club. Okay. BB Glazer versus Lana Langley. Much love uh, to Jean Smart, an incredible actress. Absolutely obsessed with Hex. But I I must go BB Glazer. I Gotta must. go BB Harriet Glazer. Harris, I must. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine Hex if it was played by Harriet Harris? That would also be a great show. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd definitely watch it. <laughs> All right. Maris Crane versus Grammy Moon. Maris. Maris. Ooh, this round's much easier. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Cam Winston versus Sherry Dempsey. Oh, this one's hard. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Emily? I think I'm gonna go Cam Winston. I think I might have to go Cam Winston. Yes. Okay. He's just such a good nemesis. He's such a good nemesis. The whole thing with the American flag, like, oh, so funny. I like the subplot with his mom too and Martin. Yes. Ugh, I love that too. Again, another relationship that I'll never yep. get over. Why it ended. Yeah. Me too. Um, too. Speaking of the ending of that relationship, Gertrude Moon, the perpetrator, Mm. versus Mel Karnofsky. Ooh. Okay. I didn't expect this, um, but I think I'm going with Gertrude. All right. I didn't didn't expect this. We're on the same page. (laughs) She's great. She's great. Um, All right. Diane Chambers versus Lilith Sternen. A matchup as old as time. (laughs) I mean... I think it might be different if I had watched Cheers. I'd have more history, especially with Diane. I gotta go. Gotta go, Lilith. Lilith. Gotta go, Lilith. Okay. One liners. Nanny G versus Freddie Crane. Nanny G. Nanny G. Okay. Oh my gosh. Great name. So many, so many ex lovers are making it into the into the advancements. Okay. Here we go. Gil Chesterton versus the Wine Club. That's Wine Club for me. Wine Club. Okay. Sure. All right. You can find somebody at Wine Club that's acts like Gil, Gil yeah, Chesterton. I'm surprised Gil Chesterton wasn't in the Wine Club. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> this is a really fucking tough oh. one. Oh, BB no. BB Glazer versus Maris Crane. This, I'm legitimately stuck. I should have uh, put them I, on I, opposite I, sides of the... Of no, the- it's good. This, this, no, this is good. This is, this is more compelling. This is dramatic. Do you have any thoughts right now with this I matchup? I am really fucking torn right now. This is because very hard. Because BB is so good, but Maris mm-hmm. is also so good and over the top and like in so many, you know, very good episodes. But I I think it's like a 0.001% tilt toward BB for me. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, this bracket is bringing out things in me I didn't expect because I feel the same way except going towards Maris. Wow. I know. I really didn't expect it. Honestly, because to be honest with you, I had made a list before this uh-huh. and I was like, oh, BB, Maris did not cross my mind. The cockatoo crossed my mind, <laughs> but Maris did not because you never see her. But thinking about, thinking Maris, about Maris and just who she is and who she could be, but we never see her. Just, she's like mythical Interesting. to me. How are we going to settle this? 
Okay, do we need, we need a, 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 a an impartial third party? Should I? Uh, who's is your uh, uh, husband? Let around? me text him. If not, um, uh, and you okay. and you ask your fiance. I'll ask Jeff. Wait, hold on a second. He said BB. He said BB. Okay, and my husband, I yeah. think, is walking the dog, so I don't know if he's going to get back to me. <laughs> but so we can go. Oh wait, hang on. I support BB. He also says BB. Oh my god! Men love BB Glazer. <laughs> Who doesn't? I didn't. I didn't expect this in myself, honestly. Okay, wow. All right, wow. BB Glazer advances <laughs> to the next round. Marriage Crane was robbed. We know this. It's okay. It, it was tough. Okay, Cam Winston versus Gertrude Moon. Ooh, (laughs) I think I'm going to go with Cam. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't know how much farther he's getting than this, but I I think he deserves (laughs) to advance. I think he's just an excellent foil. I wish they had introduced him earlier. Mm. And it's just like they love their Broadway actors. Brian Stokes Mitchell. He's just like an incredible talent. I love that they got him to sing. It's I'm glad they got another a play. Actor, yes because i think that's crucial, crucial especially as a nemesis yes okay lilith versus nanny g this is easy for me it's got to be lilith it's got to be lilith it's got to be lilith okay it's be. okay we are winding Ooh. down whoa <laughs> wine club versus bb glazer oh well now see it's <laughs> not a hard choice for me now it's bb baby bb glazer <laughs> Gotta uh, gotta go with BB. Okay, Cam Winston versus Lilith Sternan. It's Lilith for me. It's Lilith. <gasps> oh, and you know what? I knew this is where it would end. <laughs> we are now in the final round. It is BB Glazer versus Lilith Sternan. Well, now that Maris is out of the picture, now that uh, Baby the Cockatoo is out of the picture, <laughs> this this makes it easier for me. It's got to go for me to BB Glazer. What about you? I will say, I it, this is so hard. <laughs> this is so hard yeah. because Lilith is such an important part of this show. Mm. She's so she reveals so much about all of the other characters in such an important way. I don't even know how to put words to it. Mm. She's just like she's incredible. But I gotta go, BB. Also, I gotta go, BB. And you know what? You can fight. People, listeners can fight me. That's true. I'll physically fight them about this. I think, but yeah. I think Harriet Harris is just like. I think also because Lilith originated on Cheers, I'm also kind of counting that against her a little bit. Bibi mm. is such a purely Fraser creation. You know, I think that's a great defense. Yes, I think I I'm gonna give credit to Bibi Glazer for for. She originated it on the show. It is it is part of the Fraserverse versus the Cheersiverse. And another great because uh, I I know I've already said this, but I love just names in the Fraser universe, and I love the name BB Glazer. That's a great. That's just a, <laughs> that's a great fucking name. It's also really funny that they named the character BB when they knew that BB Newworth, who plays. I mean, this was the battle of the BBs because. <laughs> also, I'm sure you can tell me this as I I drop off a lot after season seven. Do Lilith and BB ever share the screen? I don't think so, right? I don't think the cameras could have handled that. <laughs> I think you're right. Honestly, they're both because I, I, of course, I'm a huge, huge Lilith fan. 
But yeah, it's hard for me to imagine. But I'm sure they've been on Broadway together or something. Probably, yes. They're both Broadway actors. I'm sure they've done something together. But yeah, I think, I don't think, Lilith was in one episode a season. So like, mm-hmm. I don't think they were ever BB episodes because they were never really about Frazier's career. Well, this was my first bracket, Emily. And I'm so happy oh that gosh. it, you know, if somebody asked me, because uh, it's, it's in sports, right? Basketball, people use it for <laughs> sports. I can say. It's just any competitive tournament. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but now I, f- I, I see brackets a different way, thanks to you. I'm so happy to have introduced this to you. I think that this went really well. I feel really good about it. Again, I tell you, it's so exciting uh, to uh, meet a fellow craniac. And, and <laughs> listeners, we do want to hear from you. I, I want to know, how do you feel about this this matchup? I, I would love to hear. Was Lilith robbed? Yeah. Was Maris robbed? Was, was Baby the Cockatoo? Played by, <laughs> played by Greg. Let me make sure I'm right. But I believe that the man who plays the voice of Baby the Cockatoo is named Greg Berger. Let me just <laughs> confirm that. And you know, while you're looking that up, I want to explain why I did not include Bulldog. Oh, go on. Because I feel like he's almost not a minor character. Mm-hmm. I think he's been in too many episodes. And also the fact that like season one, he was in like the promotional photos. I just didn't think that he belonged in this bracket. That's what I was about so, to say. <laughs> He does make it definitely into some cast photos. So I, too, do not see him as like a minor character, I don't think. Yeah. You might even say like Lilith is maybe even too big for this, Mm. but you still have to. You can't you can't keep her out. I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm sure people were like, where's Bulldog? Thank you for mentioning, you know, same thing. I did not include uh, Bulldog on my list of minor characters before you even brought up this uh, bracket. But uh, how exciting. This is the first time we've done a Frasier bracket uh, on the podcast. It just keeps reinventing itself. You know, we just, (laughs) I didn't see it coming. You could do brackets of like episodes. You could do, you know, like ranking all of that or like ranking all of just his love interests if you wanted. That's a good idea. I also do have one more mention, but it breaks your rules. And because I think he was only on one episode and that was... Uh, an episode I think could have been season 11 with Alistair Berker, who is played by Patrick Stewart. Oh, yes. I mean, the doctor is out. Was, yes, that's what it's, yes. it's called. I mean, you could do a whole a whole bracket of just all of the gay characters on the show who are like openly gay. It's um, absolutely true. Yes. It's, so it's a whole thing. But yeah, I. He's he's a great character, but again, one episode. He was so funny. I remember in that episode, Fr- or also I did rewatch it today. <laughs> Frazier introduces Niles to him and he goes, he goes, this is my wife, Daphne. And he goes, no, I can't do his accent. As in, he couldn't believe that <laughs> Niles was uh, straight. Uh, well, this was wonderful. Uh, before we head out, uh, head out, I- I'm not going anywhere. Uh, are you going anywhere, Emily? Where are we going? Where are we going? Fraser has left the building. Fraser's left the building. Um, can you please share where can people find you on the internet that you're comfortable with them finding you there? Yes. <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Emily Heller. You can watch my hour long stand up special, Ice Thickeners, on YouTube for free. Or you can listen mm-hmm. to my albums, Pasta or Good for Her, on Spotify. And then that's it. <laughs> 
I mean, I've worked on TV. Look at my IMDb page. I don't know. Do whatever you want with your life. It's full. <laughs> it's full. <laughs> I've got a podcast called Baby Geniuses that um, you can listen to if you want. I did. Not only I, I've listened to a few episodes, but then it. I finally did watch the movie Baby Geniuses. What a ride. <laughs> It has, the podcast has nothing to do with the movie aside from we stole the name of it, but uh, I I love that you watched it. It's such a bad movie. I'm going to make one connection in my mind that I've decided. The car- <laughs> the role B.B. Glazer and Harriet Harris is absolutely incredible in it, but I have just realized after watching Baby Geniuses that I think Kathleen Turner also could have played her own version of B.B. Glazer. Just something to think about. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we, my husband and I played this game called If You Were Going to Be a Character on Frasier, Who Would It Be? And it's not one of the existing. It's like if you had to introduce a new character mm. to the TV show Frasier that you would be, who would it be? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was I was going to work at Cafe Nervosa and me and Roz mm. were going to compete with each other for men. <laughs> And my husband's character was he works in, like, the archives at KACL, and his whole thing is he always thinks Roz is hitting on him, and he goes, yo, I've got a girlfriend. Um, She's never hitting on him. Um, Can you think of who you would want? This is such a a good question. Okay, who would I be? All right. I I don't know if this is a little bit too on the nose. Also, it would be weird if they do it now. I feel like if they remake or or, or do an, a continuation of Frasier, I don't know if they're going to do a, a Carrie Bradshaw thing where now he's in podcasting. However, <laughs> I'm going to take my uh, job as a podcast producer and apply it uh, to this question and say, perhaps I would be a producer that fills in Faraz that Frasier bumps heads with because he's just like mm. so stuck in his ways. Yes. Your character that you've created sounds like there's definitely um, there's plot. There's there's fun stories for her, but she doesn't have to be in every episode. Well, plus you also get to meet lots. I mean, you're at Cafe Nervosa, so I feel like that also opens I up. Mean, who who could you meet? Everyone you can meet every everyone. character on the show. Elvis Costello. <gasps> there you go. Yeah. Well, I hope if if there is another Frasier in the works, I've there are so many people now I've had on this podcast, and I can include you in this. I hope that you're involved i don't know is that something you would hope for or or no or is that like it's too much i don't know how much i don't know how much i can say about this on mic oh but okay i did recently sign an overall deal with cbs studios and i told them in no uncertain terms that if that reboot happens i'd like to work at least one day a week on it Wait, really? That's huge. You signed an overall deal? Is this is this public? It's public knowledge. There was a deadline article about Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Um, and this I don't know exciting. exactly how it works, but I do think that if that reboot comes back, I would be free to that production. Like CBS is already paying me a salary. They why would they say no to having me there one day a week? One day a week. I mean, one day a week is exactly how long I actually probably would want to work on it. But <laughs> well, I hope that you are involved. Last thing. Uh Trevor Einhorn told me one of the gifts that he got leaving Frasier was like a le- like a Letterman jacket, like a black jacket that I think said like oh, wow. Fra- like Frasier season eleven, something like that. I-, I bring that up because I would also hope. I'm sure it would be a, a really special experience for for you, but I bet you would get some cool stuff, some cool swag, yeah, Ugh. like like I'd actually from the show, like mouse pets, <laughs> mugs, <laughs> signed photos. I don't know. 
That's where my brain went when you told me about this very exciting event in your life. I was like, what kind of cool stuff are you going to get out of this? I think I could probably get that even if I don't work on it. I think I could find a way. I know someone at CBS who can probably hook it up. I love it. it I love it. Uh, And um, thank you. I'm so glad we finally did this. I'm so glad. And thank you for really being truly committed uh, to what this (laughs) podcast is all about. And it's, 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 it's you. It's the person who can put together a day of episode recording, a bracket with every great minor character. So thank you. Tiny thing to add. I also just want to say honorable mention to the character who, when Niles uh, has the segue and he's riding around in Nervosa, the the waiter who gives him a free coffee and says, we love the machine. He couldn't be in the bracket, but I wanted to shout him out. All right. Maybe this is another episode of this podcast (laughs) is just people that were in one episode. (laughs) Well, thank you once again, Emily, for being here. And until next time, good night, Seattle.